0: Hi, welcome to Rewatch This, where we have first takes, hot takes, and the occasional double take. I'm Jason.
1: I'm Addie. Oh, what exactly is Rewatch This?
0: Well, have you ever watched something amazing, but you couldn't talk about it with anyone because none of your friends have watched it yet?
1: So then you keep pressuring them into the cave.
0: Which is how we ended up here for the second time again. <laughs> <laughs> i feel like we're recording this one pretty quick following the other one
1: mm-hmm. which is great because i like being up to date with our listeners and like being able to talk about things like the oscars coming oh, oh. up
0: well usually Addie and i and our group of friends like to have an oscar pool we like to bet and see who can guess the most correct winners i guess mm-hmm. from the oscars
1: we'll usually put like five bucks in each person Yeah. Winner takes all. The nominees for Best Picture this year. Mm -hmm. Top Gun, Maverick, Women Talking, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Banshees of Inishirin, Triangle of Sadness, The Fablemans, All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of Water, Elvis, and Tar. Which of these have you already seen?
0: Okay, so I've seen Top Gun everything everywhere triangle of sadness avatar the way of water and tar mm-hmm. so i think that's half
1: not bad not bad how many have you seen i think i've seen the same ones you have except for women talking i watched that i think last week that's pretty good yeah. yeah i am trying to make sure i watch Men's. Okay. honestly the other ones i really don't care
0: about i want to try at least to watch all of the uh, best picture noms so for me that would be women talking banshees oh you watch banshees i haven't seen
2: banshees yet
1: oh yeah i forgot about that i did watch banshees yeah a lot of the oscar nominees are back in theaters so maybe if i have time i'll check it out since the awards aren't until march 12th yeah so we have some time
0: which hopefully this will be releasing before then we'll try our best anyway 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 Back to Avatar The Last Airbender, not James Cameron's Avatar. (laughs) Before we talk about our thoughts, we're going to summarize the episodes that we watched.
1: Which means there will be spoilers, so unless you like spoilers, this is your final warning. Chapter 3, Return to Amashu. Jason, tell us a little bit more.
0: The gang sneak into Amashu through a smelly sewer tunnel in order to rescue King Bumi, and a pentopee attaches itself onto Sokka, leaving pink dots on his skin. Pentapees are small purple creatures with suction cups and, wouldn't you guess it, five arms. <laughs> Azula decides that she needs help in order to find and capture Zuko and Iroh, so she visits a friend, Tylee. Tylee is a free-spirited gymnastics artist dressed in pink. Tylee refuses to join Azula's mission. However, Azula convinces Tylee otherwise by attending and antagonizing her during her circus show. Back at Omashu, the gang run into the Earth Kingdom refugees living in hiding. They learn that Bumi surrendered to the Fire Nation and convinces those left to retreat and live another day. Sokka has the genius plan to fake a sickness using the pentape's markings, called Pentapox. <laughs> Everybody's heard of it. The Fire Nation governor that has taken power at Amashu lets the pentape refugees escape untouched. His toddler son, TomTom, wanders off with them because he was following Momo. The governor has a family of four, himself, his wife, TomTom, and his teenage daughter, Mei. Mei is a non-bender who uses darts as weapons to fight. She is also so over it. <laughs> the governor believes TomTom has been kidnapped and offers a trade, King Bumi for his son. However, Azula arrives at Omashu and berates the governor for how he handled the situation, promoting Mei to do the trade instead. During the standoff, Azula discovers that she's actually dealing with the Avatar. Aang takes Bumi, Sokka escapes with TomTom, and Katara faces Mei and Lee. Bumi by the way, is locked in a metal coffin with his face sticking out. (laughs) Azula chases Aang on the delivery track. He eventually manages to lose her because, surprise, Bumi
1: can still earthbend? With his face.
0: Bumi explains to Aang about Jing and tells him that he cannot be his earthbending teacher. He has things to do left in Omashu. Mm. The gang escapes leaving Bumi and Omashu and Azula adds them to her list of targets. Chapter 4, The Swamp. Addy?
1: Ava flies over a large forest. Aang is hypnotized by it and starts to take them all to it. He explains that the swamp is calling to them, but after Sokka and Katara decide that it isn't a good idea, Aang changes course. Suddenly, a tornado appears out of nowhere, swallowing them up and grounding them. Aang, Sokka, and Katara are separated from Appa and Momo. Aang encourages Sokka not to attack the forest, but Sokka continues to hack and cut at things. During the night, vines creep at them and drag them away from each other. (gasps) The gang each have visions. Katara sees her mom, Sokka sees Yue, and Aang sees a girl that he doesn't know. Eventually, they run into each other again and are attacked by a vine monster. (gasps) The vine monster is made up of vines. No way. And has a wooden mask as a face. If you cut off its vines, it replaces them with more. Meanwhile, Appa and Momo are being hunted by a group of swamp people. These swamp people have leaves for hats and talk in a thick southern drawl. Yeehaw. (laughs) Yeehaw. Is that offensive? No. (laughs) The long fight against the vine monster continues, but thanks to Katara, it is revealed that there is a swamp man behind the vines inside. After explaining their situation to one another, the swamp man named Hugh tells Aang that the entire swamp is just one tree and that everything in the world is connected even if it doesn't seem like it. Aang uses the network of trees to find Appa and Momo and rescues them. On the fire side of things, Hmm. Zuko and Iroh are begging for change as swordsman forces Iroh to dance by slashing at the ground around him. Later in the night, Zuko attacks the swordsman in his blue spirit attire. (gasps) And that is it for these two episodes. Jason.
0: Addie, I want to know what you think about the story at large.
1: I... I am very much taken by surprise because uh, last time we had Prediction Corner, I said that they will escape with Bumi
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it turns out that he didn't need to be rescued at all. It was all part of his plan, his like wacky wild plan, which is very much Bumi. And then I know that we said we left Boomy in Omashu, but he literally just <laughs> traveled back up the track. <laughs> With His own earth bending, and it was really funny.
0: <laughs> he has the best exits,
1: <laughs> he really does. So it was really interesting to see Omashu under the control of the Fire Nation. After all that, we get to see like three no, four powerful women fight it out. It's four,
2: hard. yeah, that's yes, right. okay, four. cool. Mm-hmm.
1: Anyway, a lot of new characters in this episode. Yep. And then in the Swamp episode, a really dramatic change of genre.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Going into a little bit of horror for this one, it was really actually effective, I would say. I was very creeped out. I also got flashbacks of being forced to watch horror animes <laughs> with my brother. A little bit of PTSD, but it's all right. I'm just really enjoying that the expansion of the world is continuing and we get to meet people from other places of this world, like the swamp people. (laughs) (laughs) That was really out of nowhere. But yeah, I think like because of how they ended, we'll probably see them again in the next episode. And I'm excited to learn a little bit more about this swampy area. Seems a little mysterious. (laughs) I feel like these aren't filler episodes because we definitely learn a lot. But they aren't episodes that something huge, huge has happened in it. So I wonder if you recall anything from your first time watching.
0: Okay, so I definitely remember both of these episodes. Mm -hmm. I don't remember very specific scenes and stuff. Like for example, I remember Bumi staying in Omashu or being left behind or Mm -hmm. something. But Mm -hmm. in my memory, I thought it's because uh, he was either captured again or Aang lost him, something like that, you know, in, in a fight.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: But him staying there on his own, I completely forgot.
1: Mm.
0: Um, in the swamp, I somehow forgot completely the uh, vine <laughs> monster.
1: Oh. Which is weird. Wow, because that's like that's one of a the big, big things, set things that piece. happened. To it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: When you ask me to be more specific about it, I, it's hard for me. Anyway, I wanted to ask you, since this is your first time returning to Omashu in this state, What was it like? What was it like seeing Omashu oppressed like this?
1: Sad. Yeah. It's so empty and there's no lettuce, man. Oh. I miss him. But it's weird because there's no like delivery system running.
2: Yeah.
0: It's a good point.
1: Yeah. So it just feels very empty and like last time we went to Omashu, mm-hmm. everything was in an motion and things were getting delivered and shipped in, shipped out. And mm-hmm. like there was so much hustle and bustle because that's just what this city runs on. And yeah, it was just very weird. So I actually can empathize with May being bored.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Nothing exciting is happening in this city. So <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> One thing I noticed. Last episode, you said that you felt like they upped their design game.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I definitely felt that in this Omashu episode when we were looking at the buildings, the Aang was flying around. I was mm-hmm. looking, I was watching the backgrounds because mm-hmm. you pointed something like that out last time. And I noticed, like, Omashu underneath all the Fire Nation stuff mm-hmm. looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then you see the Fire Nation stuff on top, and it's like, oh.
1: <laughs> I think I especially enjoyed the like wider look of the tracks this time because. Mm. Yeah, we traveled on it last time, but it was very closely following the gang uh, right. screaming in it <laughs> yeah, and all the destruction of the houses around them. But this time we got like really wide views yeah. because when Azula is like chasing Aang, it's like massive, massive action going on. Mm-hmm. it's like huge roller coaster basically.
0: Yeah. That definitely, I feel like, is a budget thing.
1: <laughs> yes, for sure. To yeah. be able to like scale out, fill yeah. out the backgrounds, like that is probably a budget thing. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Well, the gang had to break into Omashu again. They had to go through the sewers, and we find this little creature called a pentapii. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on the pentapox? Everyone knows about them.
1: Yes, everyone does. First of all, they are adorable looking. They're like octopus, but instead of eight, they have five legs or tentacles. And the way that we were introduced to them is because they had to go through the sewer, which I still don't understand why Katara and Aang didn't just like water or air bend some protection for them to travel through the sewer <laughs> system. I think that's had a very solid skill to do so. But yes, going back to the little suction things that happen. Mm-hmm. The poxes looked real. Uh thankfully again they're very cute. Otherwise I would have gotten a lot of goosebumps. Sokka had the genius idea for the zombie act and making it seem like a contagious disease. Pretty funny. But if I were the governor, I would have just ordered everyone to firebend and rid the diseased. And uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know, maybe because I've seen enough zombie themed content where it's like, fire's where it's at. You either shoot we'll them in the head you or know, you burn audience, them all.
0: <laughs> we have been watching The Last of Us. Yes. Which is a very brutal take.
1: It was. Yeah. <laughs> on a, uh, yeah, top on of a pandemic. Mind. Top of mind for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely have Last of Us on the brain.
1: Mm -hmm. I don't know. Felt a little bit out of character for the firebenders to just let them all go.
0: Hey, I distinctly remember you asking in book one if there are any good firebenders. This governor has a family. Maybe he's a little more sympathetic than most.
1: I mean, Ozai has a family and he's pretty evil.
0: more sympathetic than most.
1: Okay.
0: (laughs) Just a thought. It seems like this governor cares very much about his son, and his family in general. Speaking of his family, what do you think of Mai and Tylee? How are their introductions for you?
1: Tylee seems awesome. She was introduced to us as she was doing like a headstand or something. Mm -hmm. And she seems very, very chill. I think that she is a good person who just wanted a simple circus life. But since she was threatened by Azula, she sacrifices her own needs and identity. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe she'll turn someday and it's like, this ain't for me, Azula. Goodbye. <laughs> May, on the other hand, uh, I think she is definitely craving some action more than anything. Nothing seems to impress her, but she accepts Azula's invitation almost immediately because of just how bored she is. And it doesn't seem right. like she cares about anything or anyone, mm-hmm. including her little brother. For some reason, I think she's hilarious. <laughs> She's just like so unimpressed. I think the honesty is is there. I like both of them even though they're supposed to be uh on the enemy team, but great additions to the Azula girl gang.
0: <laughs> I think online people have affectionately called the trio Ozai's Angels.
1: <gasps> oh, that's so cute. I, I was a very big fan of Charlie St. James.
0: I didn't prepare you for this question.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Imagine you are a 12-year-old boy. You saw Azula, May, and Ty Lee. Which one would you have a crush on and why is it Ty Lee?
1: <laughs> um,
0: Can you tell where I was? <laughs> I fell on the spectrum?
1: I feel like, hmm, out of the three of them, right? Yeah. Uh, I think I would actually like Azula.
0: I mean, that's a cold take. I think.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Something about like being.
0: <laughs> Say no more.
1: <laughs> um, unattainable. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me like her more. <laughs> <laughs> I would like you to expand on your highly crushed though
0: okay i don't know she just seems like a bundle of fun and Mm -hmm. she's bubbly Mm -hmm. she just seems so happy i don't know i
1: cute she is cute i think i think i have good vibes about her turning good or i think she's already good but like i feel that azula was endangering her the people that she cares about mm. at the circus. So she's like, okay, you know what? I think I need to take myself out of the equation, leave with her, so that you know her friends and family don't get hurt because Azula is crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're introduced to Ozai's angels, and they have to make <laughs> the uh, the trade right for Tom Tom, and a fight breaks out because well, everyone wants the other thing. Mm-hmm. Did you have a favorite part between this fight? There was a lot going on. Um, and a sub-question, I guess, is like, how was it like seeing two non-benders fight in a different style? Because Mei and Ty Lee fight very differently.
1: What I didn't expect to see was the way Ty Lee hits the pressure points on Katara. Mm-hmm. Freezing her kind of like bending ability. Yeah. And that is just really cool to see because... I didn't think I would see anything like that outside of Chinese Kung Fu movies and TV shows. Surprise! Yeah. And I don't know. It's just really, really exciting to see something like that come from my culture mm-hmm. and and be in like a Nickelodeon kids show. <laughs> uh, pretty awesome. I was like, wait, is she doing what I think she's doing? And then she did. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think it's a great interpretation of pressure points. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I've seen that as well. And I like I immediately understood what she was doing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And when I saw the effect it had on Katara, I was like, oh, non-benders are not powerless. Mm-hmm. They can fight back. I mean, we see Sokka fight back. Yeah. And now we have more examples with Mei and Ty Lee. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's, it keeps everything so exciting.
1: Yeah. Uh, I have a confession. Mm-hmm. It did not occur to me that they were non-benders. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't register until we were going over the summary and everything.
2: And uh <laughs> I
1: was like, oh. <laughs> that's right. They didn't use anything.
0: <laughs> they were simply using kung fu.
1: Yeah, regular weapons. Uh, maybe I was just too distracted. I was just enjoying a good fight.
0: Yeah, it was a good fight.
1: I agree that this makes it more realistic how rare benders are actually. And I'm curious to see what other creative ways that non-benders have adapted to this world of benders. Mm. What about you? Did you have like a favorite part of the fight?
0: Uh, My favorite part is the long chase sequence Azula and Aang have. That one is just so fun, especially with Boomi trying to talk to Aang the whole time. Mm -hmm. And Aang (laughs) actively not listening.
1: (laughs) I was so frustrated. I was like, Aang, just let the man talk. (laughs) He has things to say.
0: Um, Other than that, I really like seeing um, May use her weapons. Mm Mm-hmm. I thought it was very creative using the darts and stuff. And I, there was a lot of like dangerous moments for Katara.
1: Mm-hmm. And Aang. I think he like, yeah. Yeah. just barely blocked it by wood mm-hmm. planks.
0: Um, I also wrote down that I love how everyone knew their role like right at the beginning. Like right when Aang decided to fly off mm-hmm. and get Boomy, mm-hmm. everyone knew like what they were doing. So Azula chased Aang, mm-hmm. May, and Lee, Like go for Sokka and Katara, and Sokka runs off to Appa to take their, for lack of a better term, hostage.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, Tom-Tom. Um, yeah. Speaking of Tom-Tom. Yes? Which you have returned the baby.
0: Well, if I'm Aang and someone was going to trade me my best friend from 100 years ago, for his child I'm like okay well this guy obviously cares about his child and then my best friend was like actually I didn't want to leave it's cool I'd return the baby (laughs) I like what else is he gonna offer me nothing
1: oh I meant like in the beginning when they first found the baby and there was no
0: deal yet if I was Aang (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think I would return the baby
1: okay heard it here loud and clear uh i i needed a little bit more time to think about whether or not i would return the baby (laughs) you're like returning the baby to become another possible firebender to kill maybe someone you cared about this is
0: true this is what i mean the earth bending soldiers say that exact line and um I fully acknowledge that I...
1: You would return the baby. I would return
0: the baby. (laughs) I I don't know.
1: Okay. I'm not saying I wouldn't, but I had to think about it. I don't know what that says about me. Okay.
0: Say you don't return the baby Mm -hmm. and is adopted by the earthbenders, Mm -hmm. right? So this baby is now being raised by earthbenders. Yeah. At a certain age, he's going to realize, hey, I think I'm a firebender.
1: Do you know you're a firebender for sure? I mean, maybe, maybe not. He
0: might develop bending abilities. He might not, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know. I feel like it's a very precarious slope. You can have this governor person who seems like a nice person to let these sick people leave and not burn them to death. You could create a monster out of him searching for his child. Uh, Or like maybe the child does grow up and then resents the earth kingdom for taking him away from his firebending family. Okay.
1: Okay. So then I want to ask you, when Aang returned the baby, why do you think he did it secretly?
0: Again, if I were Aang, I don't know where Azula is and (laughs) I would rather not have to deal with her. So that's why probably maybe he like dropped the baby off. Sneakily. Okay. And I don't know. Aang seems like he doesn't want this to be a big deal.
1: How do you think it might have played out? Like, let's say Azula's not there. Do you think the parents would be grateful? And,
0: well, yeah, I think the parents would be grateful, like, no matter what. But, but like, but,
1: would they be like, oh my God, the avatar returned? Our baby to us.
0: I don't think so. Maybe if Aang did reveal himself, something would happen to the family for letting the Avatar escape.
1: Ooh, I think that's a better theory of why Aang did it sneakily.
0: Yeah. I think if you're a Fire Nation person and you associate with the Avatar in any way, you're probably branded like completely a... uh, Traitor. Traitor.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. I buy that.
0: Hey. (laughs) Thinking on my feet. Yeah. You know who's not thinking on his feet? Boomy, Because he's in a metal coffin.
1: Oh, okay. I was like, I feel like Boomy things on his feet all the time (laughs) probably all he does
0: (laughs) before the episode ends we get Bumi telling Aang that he's actually not finished here in Mm Omashu and we get a whole speech about Jing. yes and how there might be 86 of them
1: Mm -hmm.
0: what are your thoughts on this information
1: this is definitely a new concept that's introduced to us and it was a very quick introduction to where Bumi was just like Aang listen, I have things. Okay, cool. Uh, And I felt the same way. So I actually had to go back and rewatch that part. (laughs) Basically, it's the way you use your energy for attack, retreat and neutral where you do nothing.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: My take on that is like storing your energy. Mm. And like Bumi said, finding the right time and place to then put that energy he also said that for Aang to master earth bending, he really needs to kind of hone into that neutral Jing. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to see what that means.
0: I guess we might find out. I hope so. On to the next episode, the swamp. Mm-hmm. So the episode starts with cool music notes that mm-hmm. I was very much enjoying. Aang drifting down into the swamp. Mm-hmm. If the Avatar told you that this. Swamp was calling you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Which direction would you go, towards it or away from it?
1: I don't think I have a choice <laughs> but to go <laughs> with him because uh, I can't really argue with someone who has like special spiritual powers. This he is true. Could be very right. So yeah, I would probably go with him. And also, Ang is <laughs> really powerful. So like, I guess if anything happens, I'll be fine. Yeah. Would you?
0: I'm in the same boat as you. I feel like I don't have a choice. I have to take the word of the spiritual leader here Mm -hmm. and be like, okay, I guess that's where I'm going.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Well, they weren't really given a choice anyway because of the tornado taking them down. Mm -hmm. And then the horror elements begin. Do you have any favorite moments?
0: Ooh, I love when shows or movies in general can play around with genre. Mm-hmm. And this was, I don't remember it being so heavy on the horror. Mm-hmm. I guess when I was younger, I probably thought it was creepy. Yeah. Some of my favorite moments are, I liked how the vines at night when the all, the gang was asleep, the mm-hmm. vines crept up and
1: Ooh, yeah, like dragged them really,
0: all away, like, literally. Creepily. Yeah. And I liked how everyone dealt with it in their own way. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I love the visions everyone was having.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: First of all, the swamp forest looks really beautiful and like really creepy at the same time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I love how everyone was like lost.
1: Yes, yeah, separated. Like, very
0: tangled. Mm-hmm. Um, did Abba you have-
1: couldn't fly because he would get all tangled yeah, up tangled in the vines. Up. It was really funny was when Momo was cutting him down <laughs> and then Abba <laughs> flies and like gets stuck again. And Momo was like, oh.
0: Yeah, dude. <laughs> what are some of your favorite moments?
1: I feel like it's pretty clear. The bird with the human scream really did it for me.
0: <laughs> yeah. That was- I remember that woke you up.
1: Actually terrifying. <laughs> like you said, it was very like ghost-like horror in that swamp. and. Mm-hmm. The way that it designed it, something, someone can always be lurking. And we had that POV yeah. many times where I was like, oh my God, is it like a creature? Is it a person? Yeah. Is it a spirit? What is it? Something's watching them. And Sokka is just like, oh, it's nothing. And it just hacks away. Continues at the to
0: hack away. At swamp. The
1: that is not good. I think when I was watching it, I just was screaming, rule number one. Do not get separated, and then of course they do. Of course they do. And then rule number two: don't go after creepy giggling little girls. Why <laughs> would you do that? I'm like, ang. If a creepy giggly girl was running around being like, "Ha ha, chase me," I would run the other way. <laughs>
0: So let's like, talk about that. Let's talk about the gang's vision. So we talked. So you mentioned Angs. Mm-hmm. What do you think about Sokka and Katara's? Let's start with Katara.
1: Yes. So Katara sees her mom, and she starts to run towards mm-hmm. the vision, and only after she makes contact, it's a it's tree stump. Yeah. And that gave me like the chills to just be. Tricked into something like that, yeah. It's like oh, shivers. And and then I, I've never seen Katara so distraught before, and it just broke my heart because I I think she really misses her mom. And then Sokka sees Yue, and it made me think like, mm, does he feel guilty about Yue?
0: I mean, I think that's what the vision even implied at him.
1: She was saying, like, you didn't protect me. Yeah, That's fucked up, dude. Yeah, But yeah, Sokka must be haunted by those thoughts as well, even though deep down he probably knows that he couldn't do anything. Mm -hmm. Mm, Very revealing visions.
0: Yeah, they definitely told a little bit about our characters. Well, except Aang.
1: Oh, Aang's creepy girl. (laughs) (laughs) I guess we'll meet her in the future. Well... Since we saw the experiences of the three of them, what type of vision would you prefer? Would you want to see someone you miss, lost, or someone you'll meet eventually?
0: Uh, The last one. I'd rather pick someone that I'm going to meet. I don't know if I could emotionally handle someone I've lost. Mm. I feel like I have buried that hatchet.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: and I, for the people that I can't see anymore I feel like I don't need that mm. uh, it will not bring me comfort in fact I think it will do the opposite
1: <laughs> and like reopen some <laughs> yeah. old wounds so I
0: would prefer to see someone that I don't know which sounds scary actually
1: <laughs> okay I understand
0: did you have a uh, preferable vision?
1: yeah I think I enjoy suffering apparently so <laughs> I would pick someone that I had lost and hopefully get some questions answered. Mm. I think if I'm going to meet someone in the future, I will meet them in the future when I'm supposed to meet them. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think uh, even if it's hard and I'll be an emotional mess, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think I will um, prefer to see someone that I've lost. That being said, we meet Hugh, Hugh, who tells us that Everything's connected What are your thoughts on Hugh
0: well, I think he's a real interesting character um you want to bring up
1: the vine monster
0: He is the vine monster yeah and a powerful
1: bender-hmm
0: <laughs> He's able to uh, bend the water and the vines yes and have this scary monster to scare people away from the forest and protect it. Yeah. So in that way, like he's awesome.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> um, like I said earlier, I don't really remember the Vine Monster mm-hmm. fight, but there was a lot of cool shit that happened.
1: A lot of cool shit.
0: Um, my favorite part, obviously, was a, at the end when Katara was bending like water wheel blades mm-hmm. at it. Yeah. That was sick. I loved how this battle went on for a while mm-hmm. and the gang kept getting thrown back and back and back. Yeah. And I love that. I, I, I love that it's not, it wasn't easy.
1: I really like when Katara shoots holes into the monster and then you see it like just immediately grow back. <laughs> yeah. Really, really cool and creepy.
0: That was sweet. Anyway, that's the fight. Hugh, he says, everything is connected. I think we can all learn a little bit from Hugh. Totally. Dare I say, he might take over the lessons portion of this podcast or Ah, (laughs) of this episode.
1: (laughs) I think that was a pretty easy thing to mention. But I thought you were going to say that Hugh could very much take over the avatar role.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He did say in the show that he reached... Enlightenment. Yes. At that very tree.
1: Mm-hmm. And he's trying to protect that tree and that mm-hmm. entire swamp because it is just all connected. It's
0: one, yeah, it's one organism.
1: So after Aang finds out how the swamp is all connected, yeah. he is able to find Appa and Momo by touching the tree. Mm-hmm. And all I thought about is Last of Us. <laughs> Well, where it's like the mushroom or the fungus has these roots, right? Mm-hmm. That if you accidentally trigger them, it would awaken all the zombies somewhere else. And I like that it's accurate because it is also one organism.
0: This is true. Uh, by the way, asterisk uh, listeners, Addy has only watched the show and have not played the games. That is a concept that was introduced in the show only. Mhm. That's uh, what I heard. And it's it's a great change. I think it's a very cool, very cool change.
1: Uh am I correct that in the game it's like spores are what correct. awakens there are sections, the zombies?
0: Yeah, there are sections in the game where you have to put on a mask. Mm-hmm. There's like underground sections in the game. Mm-hmm. Like abandoned subways and stuff and it's really dark and creepy and there's like spores everywhere and you have to use a flashlight. Mm-hmm. Part of like the I guess horror scary part of the game. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Anyway, Ang saves Appa and Momo from, wouldn't you guess it, the Swamp People.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do they have an actual tribe name?
0: Um, Swamp People.
1: Okay. <laughs> It turns out they are waterbenders, and that means they're kin to Katara.
0: Distant cousins, actually.
1: Oh, wow.
0: I mean, yeah, I think they said this in the show. They're the foggy swamp tribe. Oh. So, yes, they're waterbenders, and they bend the water in the vines. And also, you had a great reaction to this. Their southern accent. (laughs)
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I remember you enjoyed it a lot.
1: I was very much enjoying it and very confused as to why (laughs) they would pick a southern accent. Why not? I don't know. I just didn't see it coming.
0: But now they make it it makes it so that they're so memorable.
1: Yes, I will not forget.
0: I don't think anyone will.
1: Are they still in the south? Is that why?
0: I mean, I guess I don't know they, where they're they like if like if anything, they're an offshoot of the Water Tribe, right? They're distant cousins, mm-hmm. so they're not from the South Pole, they're not from the North Pole. They're South. They're Waterbenders that ended up in the Earth Kingdom. Mm. So I don't know. They are also live in a swamp, isolated from other people. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, we have to check in with our resident prince in hiding. <laughs> we finally get a Zuko update in this episode. The first scene and the last scene,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, and we find mm-hmm. Zuko and Iroh are begging for change.
1: Yep. And entertaining for money.
0: (laughs) Yes. Iroh dances because a swordsman, who granted is an asshole, Mm -hmm. slashes at his feet to make him dance. Zuko does not take that lightly.
1: No. I saw it coming. Yeah. He had the eyes of, I'm gonna get you. Yeah. And he did. He did. As the blue spirit.
0: Yes, he did. Do you have any thoughts on this development?
1: Well, I think in general it's a very humbling experience for Zuko. Mm Mm-hmm. I Hero's probably seen a whole lot during his life. (laughs) Yeah. But this is all very new to Zuko because since he's been banned, he's just been living it up in the ship. Yeah. But never had to beg for anything and he never really interacted with i guess regular civilians like he did in the previous episode Mm -hmm. so i think this is going to be good experience for him maybe he can gain some sympathy for the common folk after this and i'm going to be looking forward to more blue spirit adventures (laughs) Ooh, i just thought of something for predictions Ooh
0: (gasps) Put that in your back pocket because first I wanted to ask you, did any character stick out to you or did you learn anything? I think I know because both of us learned the same thing.
1: It was a very clear lesson here. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. I think let's talk about the character that stuck out first yeah for me it was katara mm. i thought that every time we got to see her waterbend it was visually very impressive yeah and i don't know there was a lot more creativity in like the shapes and the ways that uh, we saw actually she and Aang both did some freezing techniques yeah as like a tool or a weapon and i thought that was really cool and then following up is probably boomy <laughs> boomy is just a scene stealer and yeah he's in there for a short amount of time which is why i didn't put him first but definitely was really good to see him again <laughs> what
0: yes, about it was. you um my character Mm-hmm. is Aang actually mm. I feel like we're getting a lot of Aang stuff recently his persistence to save Boomy was really like honorable even if it was annoying like when he was trying to escape with Boomy, and he was just <laughs> actively ignoring Bumi. Um, but also you know Sokka said it best this is some avatar stuff happening right now in the swamp Mm. right i think it's really cool or scary that ang has a different vision from somebody else mm-hmm. you know and he can tap into the power of the tree yeah and find appa and momo yeah so just just some cool avatar stuff mm. um and obviously the lesson that we both learned from Hugh mm-hmm. about how we're not so
1: different yeah
0: everyone is connected
1: mm-hmm. we all come from the same roots yep i feel like this is going to come back when zuko eventually joins the good side oh oh <laughs> But anyway, more of that in predictions.
0: Uh-huh. Now, at this point, I want to share some little tidbits, like whatever behind the scenes I can find, or maybe some lore from the world of the show, whatever things I think will help Addy appreciate the show a little bit more. I have a short one for you today. Nice. Um, Our producer, Calvin, has berated me and gassed at me on saying this, and I told him, I'm going to say it later. <laughs> this is later. <laughs> Bumi <laughs> means earth in Indonesian.
1: Oh. Oh, yes. I remember him bringing this
0: up. And he was like, why didn't you say this then? I'm like, he comes back, dude. Relax.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He was clearly offended.
0: He was very offended. This one's for you, Calvin. (laughs) It's the only trivia, so it's special. Now, predictions. Mm. I feel like you have a lot. To say?
1: Well, a lot, as in, I think they're big, big swings. So, first, mm-hmm. I think that for sure the swamp tree was calling Aang to come down because it is an organism. Ooh. And maybe it will teach him about neutral Jing. Because Hugh said that he reached enlightenment when he was hanging out with the tree. So. <laughs> I don't know how much more neutral you can get. <laughs> That's true.
0: You have a point.
1: So maybe Aang's supposed to hang around and and look inside <laughs> and concentrate on his neutral jing. And then I'm expecting a lot more hijinks from the blue spirit. I almost want to say a Robin Hood character might come from him, so I don't know. Maybe he's like he's like a good guy when he's in the blue spirit because that's what he's trying to hide, but if he's behind a mask, maybe that part of him comes out. That's it.
0: Okay, that is a wrap on episode 12.
1: If you had as much fun as we did, please support us by rating and subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can reach us at rewatchthispod at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at rewatchthispod.
0: Thanks to our producer, Calvin, for all your help. And thank you for listening in and joining us on Addie's journey through the world of Avatar The Last Airbender. We hope you can join us next time when we cover chapters five and six. Moving on up.
1: Until then, that's Jason. That's Addie. And this has been...
0: Rewatch this